Welcome to Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, where every week we watch and discuss episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm your host, Jen, joined by my co-hosts, Abby, Nicole, and Steph. Today, we'll be discussing the book two finale, chapter 20, The Crossroads of Destiny, from the Avatar Wiki. Azula betrays Long Feng and assumes leadership of the Dai Li. While Team Avatar attempts to stop her, Zuko, after some deliberation over the consequences of his actions, betrays his uncle's trust and chooses to attack the Avatar. Aang is killed by Azula while in the Avatar state, but Iroh intervenes and gives his friends enough time to escape. With the Earth Kingdom overthrown, Ba Sing Se falls to the Fire Nation. Katara uses the spirit water to revive Aang. Alright, so we have somehow made it to the season 2 finale! Yay! Yay! <laughs> and today, though, I'm like, oh my god! I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like very. I didn't expect to get as emotional as I got. I was like, that sure was a season finale. Yeah, I yes. like. I forgot. I knew it ended on like not a cliffhanger, but I knew it ended like very like depressingly and everything. Yeah. But and it's not like an episode that you would randomly like rewatch like. Because you feel like it, because it's not exactly a feel-good episode or anything. <laughs> no. No, not by any stretch of the word. Yeah. I feel like, though, to be honest, you know, I feel like the the very consistent bit of praise that we always give every episode is always like, wow, they jammed so much into this, but, like, the pacing mm-hmm. never feels rushed or anything. And I have to say, it did feel a little rushed for this one for me, especially mm. at the beginning. I felt like we were five minutes in, and, like already like you know there were seven plot lines happening at the same time and I was just like holy crap like it felt it did feel like a little bit rushed to me and I think that just goes back to like either two episodes ago or three episodes ago where like I personally felt like they needed one more episode where the kids were all kind of separated and like making their way back together more slowly like I I felt like my instincts then about the pacing kind of badly paid off now where I was like, whoa, like this is a lot mm-hmm. and it's like a lot to yeah. track. And I did feel like I wanted to spend a little more time on each thing. Yeah, I kind of yeah. did get that feeling too where I was like, oh, okay, like Ang, Sok, and Toph got back together real quick. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept kind of jumping between the different things. And I was yeah. like, right. oh, we're here now. Oh, we're here now. Like not to the point where I was like, this was paced badly, but where I did kind of notice that you were jumping back and forth. Yeah, it just felt like the yeah, the amount of time that it usually takes us to like kind of like settle into a scene and then it plays out. It was like right when you were about to settle in, it was like psych, and then you'd like get pulled to a different location. Yeah, I feel like normally yeah. when they switch between different plot lines, they have a sort of thematic transition going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like the emotional whatever leading into this one, where they talk about unrest and then during Ang training and that kind of flows into Zuko training yeah, or yeah, like yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was just like, nope, everything's got to come together, like, no matter what. So it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all watch it, like, separate? Or did you watch it together, like, how it was intended to be shown? Like, back to back. Like, I started oh, from... I watched it separately like, from the Guru. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched only watched it alone. Yeah, I only watched it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd probably feel the same, but... Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, oh, I'm curious yeah. how I would have felt if I had watched it as yeah. one big chunk I feel like it would have felt like even more so like it was a pacing issue because I again I feel like the last one I don't know it was like more slow Mm -hmm. and then it was like the slow build up 
and especially and and we were even saying that with the guru where it's like we we did spend like four seconds on a couple of those chakras and we were kind of yeah. like oh it would have been nice to have spent more time with this but we understood why for the sake of like knowing it was the penultimate episode and then also knowing that that kind of stuff might have been a little bit too not boring for kids but like I don't know a little bit like over their heads right and it also would just be a lot of talking right. yeah yeah so hmm yeah I definitely see where you're coming from with that yeah and I was saying before we were recording I was speeding through the summary on the avatar wiki and I would just it was to the point where there was so much going on that I was glazing over and nothing was even really <laughs> resonating or sticking <laughs> I was like oh yeah that this happened that happened and I was like oh my god there's so much that I don't even know where we would begin with this episode <laughs> Yeah, I was like trying to write down like in, when I qu- quickly realized how fast we were jumping through stuff. I was just like I gave up trying to like write down yeah. each thing because I usually will like at least write totally. like the order of like like if we switch Events. from like the A plot to the B plot or like locations. So much of the beginning it was rushed too because but it was like so much of it they had to just like quickly establish like this is where they are. This is where they're going. This is where they right. are. This is where they're going. So it was just like, okay, like these three are together now. Okay, these two are together and they're going to this place. Okay, these two are together and this is happening. And you're just like, okay, like yeah. nothing's actually happening, but like we have to go through all the busy work to get mm-hmm. to the actual story. Mm-hmm. I also was saying before we started recording that like, I normally watch the episode twice, once without taking notes and once with taking notes the second time. But I like timed it badly today. So I had didn't have enough time to really watch the full episode. So I watched it at like 1.5 speed the second (laughs) time. Fucking disrespectful. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. But like, that was the time I was taking notes. So already we're like jumping between stuff. And then I'm also watching it too fast. So normally I write down at least. Oh, it was absolutely. Normally I write down at least one line per like scene. Yeah. And I was like, forget it for a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) Because they were so quick. There's like nothing really to write down. And also I didn't have time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like usually I like pause at the end of a scene and then write stuff and then start playing again Mm -hmm. when I take notes. For me, it was just like the lines were funny or like, um, not even the lines, but like the action again, like Sokka just being like, when are you going to remember that she can't see things in the air? Yeah. And then like um, (laughs) Iroh being, you know, someone's like destiny is a funny thing, you know, and it's just like, ha, indeed. And then like Aang being a lying little bitch to them about the Avatar Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Toph doesn't need to be on the ground to tell you're lying. (laughs) Yeah. I was actually like, can Toph, she can't tell through Appa. So maybe he can actually get away with it. Yeah, but, he, right. but also it was the most obvious lie in the world. <laughs> I know. Uh, I like, did, physically can't do it. I did write, good thing you're not on the ground, so Toph can't call you out immediately. <laughs> so true. That's exactly why Aang chose that time. I was half expecting yeah. Toph to call him out anyway, to be like, I don't even need to be on the ground to know that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god. Honestly. I know we're going to be jumping around, but I was like, Zuko, what the fuck? Like the the turn back to evil, like siding with the oh. Fire Nation. I was like, oh no. Yeah. That was a shock for me. Because I, oh, yeah? I don't remember this episode. So I was uh. like, oh shit. He done goofed. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if there's going back after this. He did I mean, there, pro- there obviously is, but like, that was like <laughs> the biggest the goof. Yeah. yeah. The biggest goof. Oh God. It's like, you're going to play them like that? Yeah. To be honest, I feel like it's it's hard for me to not look at it like 
super subjectively, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I did have like a moment of like, oh, was this really justified? kind of thing where it's like his sister was throwing some super heavy-handed like manipulative words at him for sure yeah but I was also just like but like you know what she's like like this isn't new but also like that's just like a thing when you've you've been in like an abusive relationship or like you're being gaslit by somebody and like you know what like she knew exactly what to say to him Mm -hmm. so even as I was like is this really like justified that he he did go bad after all of like the creepy Zuko in the past episodes or whatever but then I was like oh no it kind of is because like I don't know I've never been in that situation fortunately but like I can't speak to what would or wouldn't work on any person who's very like traumatized and is still like not aware of it like Mm -hmm. the extent of it that's a really good point i mean i was like azula is so smart when i was watching that scene (sighs) so smart because she so competent she sort of knows exactly what to say to him and it wasn't even just like no zuko betray uncle come to the dark side you know she played on his loyalty to his country and to his family Mm-hmm. She framed it like your little sister is depending on you, sort of. And like, you know that this is the right thing for your country, for your, like, it's... Yeah, she's like, uncle's the one who betrayed you. And like, a dollop, a dollop of like, everything you've ever wanted. But also just, you know that this is the morally superior choice, even though it isn't. Oh, but man. like, you know, and even like, that like, moment of like, giving him, like, being like, oh, well, it's your choice, you know, at the end. That's also, it's this tactic of, like, making the person feel like you have their best interests at heart. So clearly, you have to be, like... (sighs) They still think they have their own agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of just Iroh being like, no, Zuko, don't do it. You don't want what she say. Like, it it was just very, like, it's not... Azula's way had the illusion of less pressuring. Mm -hmm. Like, like, the illusion of more of a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I said it a few episodes ago where Iroh keeps saying, like, think about what you really want. Think about Mm -hmm. what you want. And I honestly think, like, Zuko did go with what he wants right now, is that Mm -hmm. he wants to go home and he wants to go back to the, like, illusion of a happy life at the palace and he wants his dad to love him. And I think at this point, he thinks what happened to him, like, his banishment and the Agni Kai was kind of like, he made a mistake. And now he has to make up for that. Like, he doesn't see it as the, like, abuse and, like, being thrown out, you know, that it was. Yeah. And Iroh said it again. Like, I don't, I didn't write down exactly what he said. But he basically was like, think about what you want. And I'm like, that's not the right thing to say to him because what he wants is to go home. Yeah. So he's going to make the choice that he, like, thinks that if he does this, everything's going to be great and happy again for him. Yeah. And I do think it's very important for him to make this bad decision. Yeah. Because if I feel like if he ended up going with Team Avatar, the Boomerang Squad, today, like... Then the betrayal would just have to happen further down the line, like... Yeah, like, I feel like (laughs) there'd always be that question in the back of his head, like, what if I had gone home? Yeah. You know? Where I think he has to go home and see what it's like to, like, really make the decision and know what's best for him. He has to, like, get everything that he wanted yeah. in order to realize it's not actually what he wants. Yeah. yeah. It's like he wants things to go back to normal, air quotes, normal. Yeah. And it's just like, 
I feel like he doesn't even like realize what he's asking for. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't even realize like what that entails. And then, right. but then he's still probably like, but it'll be different this time. Like mm-hmm. whatever bad things he did remember or whatever painful things or like being aware that his mom won't be there and uncle won't be there. It's like, yeah. oh, but it'll be different this time. Right. Because like I'm, I come back stronger and come back better. And then like it all blows up in his face nonetheless. Right. Like he thinks like I've proved myself now. Yeah. So my father will love and respect me. Yeah. Izola even threw that at him where she's mm-hmm. like, you've restored right. your own honor. And I was like, this bitch is so fucking smart. I hate her, but yeah. I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's like the perfect antagonist. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. So anyway. <laughs> that was actually a really interesting like little conversation they had at the end about honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he, he framed it like, not framed he was said, what if father doesn't restore my honor because I don't have the avatar? And Azula was like, well, you restored your own honor today mm-hmm. by doing this, by helping to capture Ba Sing Se. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is interesting because Zuko was looking at this from a perspective as though Ozai is the one in control of whether or not Zuko has honor. Mm-hmm. Like Ozai took his honor away and then said, you can reclaim it by capturing the Avatar. Mm-hmm. When in reality, Azula is kind of right in that you control whether you have honor. Yeah. She's using a bad, like she, for her, she's talking about, you know, conquering Basing Se as being honorable and that's not really what we're going with. But it's like, because Ozai <laughs> could have said, you showed dishonor by not fighting, but you have the opportunity to make it up and redeem yourself. And that's sort of what he actually said. But Zuko seems to have taken it in this way, like he's not in control of it. Even though, you know, like I just said, and I'm repeating myself, (laughs) your own actions are really what is. And now Zuko, obviously in season three, he's going to have to sort of combine both that, the idea of what Azula has said to him here, where she's saying, well, you're the one who can restore your own honor. And then combine it with what Iroh's been talking to him about, about like, what, who are you? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And, you know, figure out what it is, like, determine for himself what is truly honorable to him, not mm-hmm. to Ozai or Azula or even Iroh. Yeah. <laughs> what a complex little boy. Yeah. Yeah. This all also just makes me sad about Azula, because even, like, even the conversations she had this episode without him, like, the stuff she had with the Dai Li and Long Fang specifically, mm-hmm. were just, like, so creepy and like again like as a fan of the show I was like super impressed and like in love but then I was like what did she go through that like she knows this stuff or she believes it so much you Mm -hmm. know like she was hitting on some like eminent domain like supremacy kind of shit you know where it's just like divine right to rule is something you're born into and I was like oh no god I was like look at this classism it was like old it was like the old money versus new money yeah. condensation and she, yeah she's just like I know your type Wong Fang like you were a kid you from nothing. poverty who worked yeah. up the ranks you know where it's like she's just like I respect the game but also you were never really a player like I never even saw you as anything and it's yeah. just like oh my god like this is so gross to her he was just another playing piece for her to get what she wanted and it makes me sad because I know we've talked a lot about Azula and like mm-hmm. How, like, she was failed just as bad as Zuko in, in very different ways. And, like, right. again, yeah, it's, like, every impressive thing she says for me, I'm just, like, oh, but, like, how did this happen to you? Yeah, I feel like another, like, really sad thing about her, she's 14 years old and she killed someone in this episode. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Like, and it wasn't even like when we joke like, oh, Toph just killed those guys by crushing them with rocks. Like she literally shot Aang out of the sky yeah. with yeah. lightning with the intent yeah. to kill him. And, and like actually killed him. Yeah. And she succeeded. Because yeah. she's just yeah. a very competent woman. Tag warning, major character death. Yeah, like yeah. it lasts five minutes, but it counts. It's like followed by another tag that says he gets better, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just the Earth Kingdom falls and Ang dies, but he gets better, and uh, <laughs> there's still one more season. That was so haunting. The final, like, um, the final line of the episode: "The Earth Kingdom has fallen." Mm-hmm. I was like, "God damn." Yeah. I literally wrote, what a killer way to end the season. And then I laughed at myself. I was like, oh, killer. <laughs> wow. Killer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I, I literally, I meant the lion by the earth. Yeah. Thing. But yeah, like, it's really, like, upsetting to me that she is the way that she is. And, like, I definitely, I feel like we said, I don't know if we said now in this show, but, like, there's no time for her to get the help that she needs or, like, mm. the redemption arc during this actual show. But, like, you would hope that in the future she does get yeah. help because she was abused. Yeah. I know she's in some of the comics and at this point I've put off reading them knowing that like we were talking about possibly covering them. Yeah. But yeah. I know she she is in them in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So hopefully like maybe that's like a, a gap that they, they've they recognized the, the, the writers and, and artists of, of those series. Mm-hmm. Or with Avatar Studios coming soon to a streaming service near you. Yeah. Just like... Azula goes to therapy. Like, I would watch that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, that would be some crazy That would be an insane... They could make an entire yeah. show where the premise is Azula in therapy, and then she would, like, start talking about stuff or whatever, and they'd have, like, whole episodes that are just, like, you know, flashbacks, but they're all, like, through Azula point of view lens. So, like, bias yeah. narrator. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just, like, it would just be bookended at the beginning and end of the episode with her in the therapy session talking to the... <laughs> No, but sometimes the therapist would be like, is that really how it happened? And she'd be like, are you doubting my memory? <laughs> then it'd be like, continue. She'd, she'd like, be like, <laughs> she'd say something like like that. Yeah, like, this is completely and utterly realistic. How can you not believe this? And then they cut back into the story and it's like Zuko has a dragon's head or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, no. That would be Stop. crazy. I don't yeah. remember what happens because I know ultimately the, the whole series works out in the end so Mm -hmm. to see this character whose self-worth is basically tied to her job and to not have that anymore (sighs) like i would be so curious to see how this like gap would would kind of play out yeah well (laughs) yeah yeah like shit okay right like that's that's ultimately what it is like she's yeah she's doing this like manifesting because like that's all she's ever known yeah Um, yeah and Ozai just telling her that this is her entire mm-hmm. destiny to do this, yeah. fulfill this. Man, we're going to have some really interesting discussions, I feel like, for <laughs> yeah. the season finale. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, really excited. I was, like, I felt extremely called out just now. I was just, like, <laughs> oh. thinking, thinking about how she ends up at the end of this show and, like, my mental state right now. I'm, like, too, too close. Too close. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that's Yikes. why uh, we also felt so attacked when Iroh was confronting Zuko about the things that he wants because Zuko yeah. grew up rather similarly and it just didn't pan out the yeah. way that it did for Azula. So it's just, like, we're all yeah. in that kind of state where it's what yeah. do we want and to process that is so overwhelming mm-hmm. even just like the we were all kind of hint, hitting at it too where it's like what you 
what you want isn't always what you need kind of like those aren't always the same thing and I feel like that's also like such a big part of growing up too yeah Mm -hmm. of like breaking out I mean even just like basic societal things like the expectation of like hitting certain benchmarks by certain ages and having to do things certain ways and like having to have those conversations with yourself of like do I want this because I've been like conditioned to my whole Mm. life like either intentionally or unintentionally or like do I actually want this right and like that's so much of of adult life tbh it's so true I have the episode list up for book two and I was just thinking about Jazuko through like the start of this season and the midpoint and to the end. And then just mm-hmm. thinking about what someone said earlier where he has to kind of hit the bottom to kind of yeah. realize what he did need. And I was like that. I don't appreciate that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's the reminder that I needed. Uh... How dare you make me think these things. <laughs> What I'm honestly hearing just between this episode and the last episode with the guru is like, we need to design an avatar inspired like daily journal. I think this would be a good idea. Like actually, I think that would actually, Netflix, not Netflix, Nickelodeon. Right. Whoever's in charge. Avatar Studios, you were polling us about what kind of merch we need. Yo, for real. So true. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, mental health is important like everybody's uh-huh. actually talking about it now so uh-huh. yeah that's true finally yeah. <laughs> speaking of mental health Sokka's fucking regression hey oh Katara <laughs> and Suki are talking about makeup probably I was like oh my god where did all of the work go where did all of the work go I was like mad at him when he I said forgot that. About and then that. I was like thinking about because I, I was like Sokka does Katara even wear makeup and then I was like well she likes girly things like that we saw that with Toph and then I was like, yeah. and he knows that Suki yeah. really like is into the makeup because she made him wear it, and she and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll accept it. Yeah, no. <laughs> See, I was like, I went through that too, and then I was, I came out the other side of like, no, fuck this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, I was like, there were so many him. other things. There were so many other things they could be talking about. I know. You yeah. would think that if Suki and Katara were actually catching up, they would probably be talking about fighting. Honestly. Honestly, (laughs) literally, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, it's been so long. And like, I feel like this episode really did show like we've we've seen it like they've showed Katara's progression so great Mm -hmm. through the the show. But then this episode, like she was giving Azula a run for her money. And I was just like, that's fucking awesome to even just show that Azula was struggling. And like Zuko had to bail her out. moment when Azula stepped back and Katara's water cut her hair. Yeah. And Azula's eyes widened. She was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like Azula's never fought Katara like one on one. Right. And like the only time they've dealt with each other was that the the Western town or whatever. Like with, with, but then everybody was there. Azula was always just focused on Aang and also a little bit on Zuko. Not because she thought he was a threat, but just because she likes to pick on Zuko. Yeah. And like Katara, I'm sure she took one look at Katara and was just like, this peasant girl is not worth even looking at. You know, it's definitely a classist thing too. I was thinking before when we were talking about like, oh, you know. Not the parallels, but kind of the parallels between like now and the season, the series finale. And I was like, oh, you kind of get like a sneak preview of, you know, what an Azula Katara like showdown looks like. And Katara definitely had the upper hand. Like if Zuko didn't switch sides. Yeah. Like, I don't think she would have been able to. I mean, eventually the Dai Li would have shown up, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But once, even when the Daily were there, like, I mean, I know it's like because they were distracted by, you know, Azula murdering the Avatar in front of everybody, but <laughs> Katara just like, <laughs> didn't do she anything. just like, <laughs> boom, like all the Daily and Zuko. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that too. I was just like, if these kids were just, I, I guess that's just always me of just like, you know, if they didn't have such a moral compass and didn't mind killing people, we'd be in and out really fast, guys. Same with Appa. Appa's got to kill people. True. Yeah. Because, like, even Aang, like, this episode, sorry, we, like, jumped to, like, that fight. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Katara, like, took out a whole wave of Dai Li in, like, a second. And then I was also, like, that made me think of, like, the ball of, like, of mush, like, uh, of, of mud during the drill fight where we were all just, like, why wouldn't you have just killed Tai Li? And I'm, yeah. same thing, I was, like, just kill them all. But, like, even with Aang, like, it was interesting to see, like, there were a couple new moves he used this, this episode, like, he did that whole, like, body wind projection thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, like, funny, not funny, but it was, like, it was interesting to think about how, you know, the airbending that he learned is, like, a very passive, like defensive airbending and like any kind of more offensive attacky type he had to like develop on his own probably so it's like interesting that like he he like probably came up with this move by himself mm. um and like that was another thing though where like Miko and I were sitting there and we were like if Aang really wanted to he could reg Zuko shit in like two I mean, seconds if Aang like, was willing to use lethal force it would take him about two seconds to just suck all the air out of everyone's lungs and suffocate them honestly yeah and to be honest like kind of a spoiler but like i'm so glad that gets addressed in cora oh yeah right like Airbenders in the future i'm not people? gonna like i mean i'm not gonna <laughs> say more than that but it's it is definitely like that right. thing of like what happens when this power goes to somebody who's not afraid to be on the offensive and like mm. how how devastating it can be like, um, yeah, someone who doesn't have the airbender, the like, monk, like teachings, the monk, or, yeah, like the yeah. air nomad culture to go along with the power. I mean, I remember seeing some fan theories and stuff where they said maybe some of the ways the airbender, the air nomad culture formed, even had some origins in them policing themselves because they were aware that they really could just like completely wreck everyone's shit if they wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was interesting in that fight to see like the matchups and like how they were panning out where it was like Azula versus Katara, like Katara had the upper hand. And then like with Aang and Zuko, they mostly were like, I would say like mostly evenly matched. Like there wasn't, I would agree with that too. In my opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there was one of them that was coming out on top. Although yeah. the Zuko situation. and Aang fight was a little interesting to me because rather than it being like an Aang Zuko fight, the way that we've seen a couple times earlier in the show, it seemed a little bit more like Zuko was just so frantic yeah. and desperate. And he was just, like, throwing fireballs. And Aang was mostly sort of avoiding them. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was it was weird because it wasn't so much of, like, a fight dance kind of deal the way that it has been even back in, like, uh, like back in Bato of the Water Tribe. There was a cool Aang-Zuko fight, things like that. I feel like Aang immediately was just, like, Zuko's not an actual threat. And he was probably, like, half watching, like, <laughs> he was just Katara, watching Katara and Azula's yeah. fight. <laughs> Not for nothing, he knows Azula. If anybody's gonna do, like, a cheap shot, or, like, not even cheap shot, but, like, you know, if, if anybody's gonna go for the kill, it's gonna okay. be Azula. literally, she did go for the kill and took a cheap shot to do it, so, like, I don't know why I'm qualifying your statement, where you're, like, not take a cheap shot, literally. She's did. saying Aang knows, because they've seen Azula do it before, even, when they fought, when they were fighting and she shot Iroh, like, the gang is aware. I was qualifying cheap shot, because I feel like... I don't know when you're at war with somebody no oh, shot yeah. is a cheap shot is what yeah. I meant 
Yeah, I get that. Okay. Like, it's just like, there was an opening and she went for it. The, the opponent made a mistake and she went for it. Like, it's it's not yeah. a cheap shot. It's literally right, like, right, we're right. in a fight and I'm going to win. Like, yeah, like, I'm going to take that. advantage of every opening I get. Yeah. No, I get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Fair. But yeah, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, this doesn't sound like. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting that, like, this, I think, is the most powerful firebending we see from Zuko. Oh, hell yeah. The fire yeah. whip. That shit was so Yeah. Cool. That was really cool. And, like, that weird, like, rocket blast thing he did at Aang when Aang yeah. was up like on the crystals like I was like oh shit you had this in you like where was this this whole time yeah I was just like y'all have been holding back which like I yeah. was yeah I was thinking about that and it's like a lot of their the fights that they tend to have tend to be like pretty small and like mm-hmm. they're more like scuffles in like random right. towns and stuff I mean where this was like they could just go at it and like they, they yeah. had to and also you know there's the there whole thing more where like firebending comes charge. from emotion and like, yeah. I mean, Zuko was going through some shit. So, yeah. Speaking of, like, I had to laugh at the beginning of the episode because it was like once again, you know, it's like they Iroh has this brilliant plan to get them out of the the issue. Oh the, my god, being surrounded. <laughs> he he blows the fire, and it's brilliant. And like they make their break for it, and then Zuko's just like. Like, go on ahead. I have a plan. And then his plan is that he doesn't have a plan. Just kidding. Yeah. And I was honestly, like, I caught myself mid-thought because I literally was like, did you really not have a plan? Never mind, Zuko never has a plan. No. Like, I don't know I, why it's still surprising. Like, I forehead. I was like, that was me too. Like, Zuko did that. I was like, God damn it, Zuko. And then Iroh slapped oh his forehead. God. I was like, yes. Like, I literally exactly. out loud was like, oh my God, you're so dramatic. And then five seconds later, Azula was like, Zuko, you're so dramatic. <laughs> I, like, I never really noticed that, like, pattern with him until you guys kept pointing it out. And, like, oh, it's, well, like, so frustrating. You know, he technically had a plan was to challenge her to an Agni Kai. He just didn't expect that she wouldn't. She just said no. She just like no, and then he got captured. Because I guess if she had said okay, then it would just be one on one. Yeah, I guess somewhere in his brain he thought he had a shot. Well, he's this is part of his honor problem again, though, because Zula, she doesn't have these emotional hangups about honor and stuff like that. Azula's like, if she gets challenged to an Agni Kai right now, and she just she uses her brains. She's like, why would she give up her clear upper hand? Accepting an Agni Kai, yeah. presumably, is about, like, honor and optics. Like, based on, you know, duels and stuff back in the old days when dueling yeah. was the thing that happened. There was mm-hmm. never really any law saying you had to accept a duel. But if you didn't, it could sort of imply either, like, that you're maybe admitting either guilt or cowardice, and that could lead to public censure. So, mm-hmm. This, but she's not, she's not in, she doesn't have any feel, what am I, ugh. she doesn't feel a responsibility to accept this duel out of obligation or honor. And it's not like yeah. they're in the middle of the Fire Nation royal court and there's a bunch of people who are going to start whispering about her refusing to fight in Agni Kai. Like, she's just with the Dai Li. That's the thing, though. There's there's no cheap shots with Azula because it's like that's stupid. A cheap shot is just an idiot's way of saying that there's an opening that you didn't take because you had some stupid hang up about it. And it scares me. And I love her. It's like she's smarter <laughs> yeah. than him. I watched that scene. Oh, just, God. Oh, that's like you. the what the one Dai Li agent said about her. He's like she's terrifying and inspirational <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally, yeah. Oh my God, Tai Li too. She said that's it. You were pretty and poetic, but also scary in a good way. I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Zutara yet, so I'm going to bring up oh. how much I liked t- the Toph and Uncle payoff. Oh my god. Do we even have to talk about it? But okay, I have yeah. To I feel like we have to just because, like, even again. it's the same conversation yeah, we just okay. had before we started recording. It was, like, five minutes long. Only. Which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah but again, true. just, like, g- jumping, throwing one okay. in there beforehand. Just, like, yeah, I really I really did like the the, the payoff with, like, Toph and Uncle's, like, little I love yeah. how, like, even though Aang and Sokka were vo- both clearly, like, freaking out about Iroh, and Toph was just kind of casually invited him anyway because she was like, you know what? This is my temporary home, too, and I'm allowed to have my friends over. Like... Yeah. I also, I really loved that uncle, like, again, like, there was nothing about, there was no, like, worries about honor or, like, weakness. Like, he immediately was, like, he needed help, and he went to the Avatar. Right. And, like, I think that's beautiful. And, like... I agree. It was just, like, really nice, because it reminds you that Iroh... I mean, maybe Iroh kind of forgot that message along the way, like, when he was, like, you know, a military captain or general or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it's like the avatar is for everybody, sort of thing, and and like his his like bigger duty is supposed to be to protect them yeah. and mm-hmm. like support them, kind of thing. So it was nice to see that. This is an actual problem yeah. to bring to the avatar, where it's not like, hey, I need help getting onto the boat because someone stole all my shit. Can you help me? <laughs> see, this is the real type of shit that you bring to the avatar. Okay, it's not some side quest bullshit. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. <laughs> the princess of the fire nation yes. is here. Let's go. Like that's like an actual emergency. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you're so right. I love that like their conversation too. Like I feel like I hadn't remembered that there weren't really many scenes with the two of them and I wish mm-hmm. we got to see that like pair more. Yeah. Cuz it's just like, yeah, Iroh's like truly like, you know, he believes in the Avatar and like mm-hmm. he's always even from like the the season 1 finale, he's always been like Avatar stuff takes precedence over like nation or country or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was nice that yeah. the gang in this way sort of had this very positive peaceful interaction with Iroh in general. It's like they weren't yeah. fighting. It wasn't even like amicable fighting like when they burst in on Ty Lee and May and May's just like just take the bear like she's like I'm not gonna bother fighting yeah. you about this which I did like because it had a sort of yeah. like a uh, feel of like those uh friendly enemy superhero kind of things but mm. but Iroh was just like he was their ally here and he was just hanging out with them giving them good advice yeah yeah and like even Sokka's objection to them working together was that they'd be helping Zuko like it didn't have to do with Uncle Iroh at all yeah. It was more like he was like, no. And I loved that he was like, it's not enough that he's good on the inside. He needs to be good on the outside. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. That was so yeah. funny. I was like, that's true, Sokka. That was so good. Fair. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool mode of still murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like that is like, I could understand their hesitation with Iroh. Because it like guilty by association or like mm-hmm. complicity is that a word yeah yeah so it's like i get like the side eye where it's like okay like you're always like kind of in like the moral right but also like you're not because you keep indulging this crazy guy who keeps chasing us and they were never <laughs> yeah. in the presence of yeah. the viewers who are seeing the good side of iroh and seeing how he's changed it's always just been in the context of zuko's always constantly trying to attack yeah. us yeah so <laughs> that's true right. and iroh's oh always God. there not stopping him <laughs> Sometimes yeah, he remarks, yeah, which are funny, but he doesn't, he doesn't stop him. <laughs> yeah. 
No. It's literally just like, and that old guy he's always with. Yeah, like seeing <laughs> uncle is yeah. like a signal like, oh shit, Zuko, danger. Yeah. Ah, uh, so funny. That's so true. I didn't even think about like our our like perception is totally different because we get to see like everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. I also love that he like snagged a Dai Li agent somehow. I mean, yeah. I say somehow, but you know he's a badass, so like whatever. Yeah. But then the guy didn't even wait for them to ask him a question. He just immediately spilled the plan. He spilled the, the tea, second- Stephanie. <laughs> it was perfect, okay. and you wasted it. I'm ashamed. <laughs> Him. He was like, this guy looks like a guy who spills tea, and I don't abide by that. And like normally, yeah, normally I'd be extremely opposed to it, but <laughs> gotta oh, punish man. Speaking of which, Rip Uncle's tea dreams. Oh, that, that was that is kind of that is sad because he was like legitimately excited about it. I liked, by the way, when Azula was like drinking tea casually with them, and I was like, I had a moment where I was like, this isn't Iro's tea, is it? No. Yes. No. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, that would have been funny. We got like one second of creepy Zuko at the beginning of the Yeah, I noticed that episode. He like opened his mouth and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. It was just like one line. I don't even remember what he said, but he was like, Yeah. Like, or great something. uncle. Just something like some yeah, generic. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh <laughs> gross. Yeah, super gross. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Oh, we got to see other people saw Toph Metal Bend. Exciting. Yes. She threw, and it, I thought it was funny that they were like waiting for there to not be a Dylee agent so she could do it without people noticing. And then she just threw the metal door. Yeah, and just left it there. <laughs> yeah, and it like, but not even that it, she left it there. It made so much noise. Yeah. <laughs> like, someone definitely heard you. Yep. There was not enough Toph in this episode. I really wanted to see her more because this is the fucking season no. finale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like they kind of just got Sokka yeah. and Toph out of the way for the most part. Because most of the action was in the Crystal Catacomb, and then, you know, they had that, like, Aang and Iroh moment yeah. in the tunnel, and then, like, Toph and Sokka were just, like, in jail for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then rescued a bear. <laughs> like, that was yeah. their <laughs> that was yeah, their that was their whole plot. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy, because it's, like, each book is... I mean, it's not even that each book is focused on, like, the specific, like, element. Like, obviously, mm. this was, like, literally just based on, like, the nation or, like, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, as, like, as the, the like, representative, I guess, of that element, like, Toph definitely got a lot less screen time. And I, it makes sense that it, it doesn't, like, exactly replicate the first season. Because, like, that was so much, like, focused on Aang getting, like, a waterbending teacher and, like, learning yeah. Where it's this, it was, like, literally covered in, like, one episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's, like, I get I get it, like, you know, like, obviously, like, the stakes, or, like, the world was getting bigger, and the stakes were getting bigger, and, like, that was kind of just, like, a pre-established part of it that has to happen. So it's, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, we've established it, now we can, like, brush it over kind of thing. Where it's, like, even, like, next season with the, like, when he actually learns firebending, it's, like, the same thing, where it's kind of, like, solved in mm-hmm. one episode sort of thing a little bit. yeah. Mm. But it's like, I don't hold it against them. No. I think that part of it, too, is if Toph had been down there in that cave. <laughs> there's no yeah. competition. It was like, it's like, yeah. there's nothing. There's just yeah. nothing. Like, uh, An alternate reality <laughs> I want to see so bad. Yeah, she would just wreck everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Her and Aang would have just, like, had, like, they would have, like, double armored up on the crystals. They would have just destroyed everybody. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. That reminded me too. Obvi- I mean, obviously, it reminded me of like Boomy's like growing crystals. 
Yeah. I think one of the Avatar extras said that, like, the crystals aren't actually very strong, so they don't mm. make good armor. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Aang. someone needed to tell Aang that. I know. He didn't know until it was too late. Nope. Okay, so the Crystal Cave. I know we're not we're not trying to talk about Zutara, but, like, the fact that she wanted to use this sacred-ass water <laughs> to heal the scar, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yes. I know. I was so mad. It was such I a know. short time for her to just 180. Like, thank God you didn't, because... Yeah. You would not have been able to revive any. Yeah. Yeah. With your teeny, yeah. tiny no. vial of spirit water. When she pulled it out, I was like, that is such a small amount of water. I'm so mad that the northern yeah. water I tribe. said it in the first episode. They you should did. have given her more of that. You they have really an entire, did. like, mini pond. Like, yeah, come we on. Were, we were annoyed at that. We were I'm like, so you couldn't give dead. them, like, a mason jar oh at least? God. Like, come you on, come guys. On. Like, I was trying oh. to think of some way that this was not completely stupid for her to be talking about healing Zuko's scar. And, like, the only thing I could think of was that the idea in general of, like, helping to solidify him on the idea of it being fine not to chase the Avatar is sort of, like, a long-term good. But other than that, I was like, what the yeah. fuck? It's a scar. It's not even a- it's not a grievous wound. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it would have right. worked, no. to be honest, because there's nothing to heal. It's just, like- yeah. Scar tissue. I honestly, at, at most, I feel like it would have lightened the skin, or something. But it's still, it's not... still like the texture. It like it still would have been like scarred, and clearly, like the, the it, that yeah. disfigurement would have yeah. still have been there. Is his um, eyebrow gonna grow back? I don't think so. Like, yeah, I, and it, I felt like it also just it sent the wrong. Like, I I know she meant well. Yeah, but it was also just it's still like, equating the scar with something bad that, that needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, and it's like him having that physical healing doesn't change all of the mental work no. that he would still have to go through. No. Um, and I, I, I can't speak to whether or not it would make it easier or not. Mm. But like, and like, you know, maybe it would. But yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I really couldn't imagine it like just completely restoring his face. And like, yeah, not even thinking about like, oh, would his hair, like his eyebrow grow back or anything yeah, like that? I even. mean, yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is that she literally just had implied that like his, well, she said, oh, your face was the face of the enemy. And he took yeah. that to mean like yeah. his scar and his disfigurement. And so maybe she felt a little bit guilty about that. That's even worse. Still not a good reason. <laughs> no, you're no. like tiny bottle of healing water. I am not disagreeing. You've just been equating the scar with like a symbol of his need to capture the yeah. avatar and so like yeah. metaphorically speaking eliminating the scar mm. is like eliminating his at capture the avatar mission <sighs> i no. no matter what anybody says it's just like a metaphor is still not a strong to enough reason yeah. you're one drop of spirit when water. you know your friends are trying to stop a multinational so coup true. it's like from happening. no matter what Katara, you <laughs> need to realize that we're trying to get to the summer solstice or whatever the day of black sun and like you only have this finite amount yeah. and this makes me concerned that you're willing to just like stop for every side quest who's gonna tug on your heartstrings and i'm alarmed so you need to like get it together i'm glad that you used it to save yeah. me because we'd yeah. be fucked if like you were just like stopping on the side of the road for anybody yeah <laughs> yeah even thinking about what you were saying, it's like, for, I feel like the, the strongest arguments people could have to have her use it on him is all stuff that they never actually saw. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't see Zuko helping that right. town and, like, right. being friends with that little boy and, like, taking yeah. that girl on. You know, it's just like, as far as they know, he literally just totally. is relentless. 
Yeah. And he is like just their enemy and they're, they're, they've only worked with him one time against his sister. And like, yeah, for her to do that, I just was like, ah. It was like, you know, people make fun of her about like her mom, whatever. But like, because he was like, oh, that's something we have in common. So then the fact that his mom is also dead, ostensibly due to the Fire Nation, per what he says, made her like soft towards him, which I'm yeah. like, Katara, mm. I get it that this is like your thing. But, like, it was too quick. Like, five mm. seconds ago, she'd been yelling at him. Yeah. And he was like, you're a bad person. And everything she was saying was, like, completely justified. Yeah. You know? And then I was like, it was too quick of a turnaround. Yeah. Then she's, like, apologizing. And it's, yeah. yeah and it's, it's like, you weren't wrong. Like, right. Like, he, he can be a victim and also, like, a cause at the same time. Yeah, like... Unless there was some more of a conversation there that we didn't see where he, yeah. like, explained things, which he didn't. Yeah. You know? And that's what I mean, too, about, like, some of the, the pacing in this episode in particular, where it's, like, I think, like, last episode, I said it, too, with, like, the guru, where it's, like, they could have really have masked, like, they could have definitely have projected or, like, implied that more time passed, like, depending on where they cut right. scenes, where this all happened in, like, one one sequence, so it's just mm -hmm. like she turned around so fast and I'm like, I feel like it would have been more okay if there was an implication that like they had been down there for like hours or something. Yeah, like I think it would have worked better and like her offering to use that water would have made a little bit more sense if there was an implication that they had been civil for yeah. more than two minutes and yeah. like her civility towards him came too quick and like completely unearned because at this point as the audience you're like yeah but Zuko's not a bad person right but she has no reason right. to think that yeah at all all she knows is that his mom is dead like that's yeah. literally it and then she like apologized for yelling at him no I was gonna say I I almost feel like rather than her offering to try to heal him it would have been like for me I almost feel like the turn of her just starting to be civil towards him instead of hating on him because maybe yeah. you know this is the moment where he kind of stops being the monster under the bed and she sees that he's also a person when he says that thing about his mom she's yeah. like mm -hmm. oh he's also a person a kid like me who's been hurt by the war but like that's like a cue to maybe then be like okay a little more civil not to try to heal his yeah. fucking face with your spirit water i feel like the appropriate response literally would have just been like do you want to mm. talk about it like i will listen <laughs> like I, i'm not even yeah. like i will listen to you because he's also like he's never had that no like he's never just had a person willing to sit and listen to him who's like not you know not who's not uncle who's not like someone who's it's his yeah. family too who's caught up in right. it as much as he is to be like i'm willing yeah. to listen to this about like your mom and whatever mm -hmm. um you know, and that's like, that's like, that's how she bonded with so many people that, like, you know, good or bad, that's how she bonded with Jet, that's how she bonded with Haru. Mm -hmm. And like, and then when they're fighting later on, like, you know, they're, they are fighting like, they're like ex partners and like, a, you know, it's just like, I trusted yeah, you. That was so right. weird. She was like, I thought you changed. I thought you were good now. And I was yeah. like, what the hell made you think that? She was like a, she was like an avatar lol for like the audience. <laughs> You know, because again, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. make any actual sense based on no. what the, the team Avatar has actually experienced. No, yeah. he was like vulnerable with her for like two seconds. And I know it's like, and that was it. To chalk yeah. it up to just like convenience for the plot. Like just how Aang achieved enlightenment in like five minutes yeah. with the guru. But still, <laughs> like, I feel like that's just, it's making us frustrated with her as a character. Yeah. 
because that's just like not how it works. It's just giving us a false yeah. sense of like problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. And like trust building. Because it's like then in the future, the disdain right. she has in the future is completely justified. Right. Yeah. And then at that point, I feel like the audience is probably also annoyed at her because they're just like, like, come on, Katara, get over it. Right. And it's just like, why? Like she's in the right it, oh, in the yeah. future. Right. Like the totally. amount of pushback she gives because of this moment. But then it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, that that should have always have been there. It sh- she should right. never have given him an inch because he never deserved, deserved it. it. Yeah. The good needs to be yeah. on the outside too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, the good needs to be not as us, the omniscient <laughs> audience, watching everybody's like stories unfolding concurrently. <laughs> right. Like I think that's something that people forget a lot is like mm. you see everything, so you have yeah. a more rounded, full view of each character. Yeah. But like you have to think about what are these people actually seeing of this other person. Yeah, it's just like how many times has their have have their plot lines crossed over, and when has it not been a fight, or like when has it not been bad? Right. And like it's always been bad. It's always been bad, man. Every Damn. time that Zuko did anything <laughs> that seemed slightly not bad, he then turned on them. Like, when he rescued Aang at Pole yeah. High, and then Aang was like, want to be friends? And Zuko, like, shot fire at him. Or, like, when they worked with with, yeah. with Zuko and Iroh against Azula in that ghost town. And then, like, they tried to offer to help, yeah. and he, like, yelled at them. And Literally, the only Team Avatar member that knows he's not a shitty person is Hoppa. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, that's the only person who like is like yeah this person helped me one time like it's still just one time it was a big one it was a big one but like one time yeah <laughs> it doesn't account for all the times he tried to like shoot Appa out of the sky <laughs> and I feel like Toph only has context for Zuko in terms of what Iroh has said about him yeah so then maybe she's not like but which I feel like these mm. dynamics end up playing out in the third season like you know yeah. Cuz cuz Appa and Toph have mm-hmm. well Appa had saw the one good thing that Zuko did that made him deathly ill. And then Toph like never really right. interacted with Zuko. She has like zero context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all she has is hearsay. She knows that the gang talked about him being an angry jerk who was always chasing them and she knows what Iroh talked about yeah. with his nephew being lost and stuff. Yeah. And that's it. Mhm. And I I feel like the show is very good in being consistent with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cuz we'll see how that turns out later oh my god this made me so happy that we don't have to wait like a year and a half for yes like i got like anxiety i was like i don't want to wait and i was like oh i don't have to like ooh, that's no nice. it took that long how much how much of a gap was there hold on I, i'm literally looking it up right now okay so i feel like emotionally it was massive because at that okay. point we like avatar I feel like Avatar, honestly, in as in like my perception, not based on any actual facts, it really did feel like Avatar like properly hit the ground running and like was a hit from day one. Yeah, like there wasn't like a slow. Like I feel like again, I, I'm sorry, J.K. Rowling, but it's like Harry Potter was a good <laughs> example of a series that came out when we were kids that had like a very slow roll. I feel like it didn't really become like mainstream popular until like the fourth book or the fifth book. And, like, that was also when, like, the movies started coming out, where there was, like, there were a couple years where, like, you had to wait in between them for sure, but it was shorter, and it was, like, there was less hype and stuff, where I feel like mm-hmm. Avatar was always just, like, when is it coming? <laughs> so, 
The last two episodes of season two aired on December 1st, 2006. And then the first episode of season three aired on September 21st, 2007. Mm. So it was like almost a year. Yeah. And then I forgot because I'm looking at all the air dates now. And the part two of The Day of Black Sun Mm -hmm. aired on November 30th, 2007. And then the next episode, The Western Air Temple, aired on July 14th, 2008. Yeah. So there was like that huge ass gap. But then what's really funny is they literally aired like an episode a, a day. day at yeah. least. Yeah. I remember after that. that. So it was like you waited forever yeah. and then it was like bam, 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 the show's done. <laughs> oh man, I remember. Because I remember there was that big gap. And I feel like that's the thing too, like the the misconception about like animated shows and stuff is that like, mm-hmm. oh, the whole season got greenlit and it's just like that's like it depends like of course mm-hmm. like nothing is like one way or the other where it's like avatar it was like maybe they, they greenlit the pilot they'll greenlight half of a series or like they'll do like a half series order and they'll greenlight it see how it's going and then they'll greenlight the other one um and it feels like that's like what i guess what most must have happened with season three and that's fucking scary to, to realize that it affected imagine the if dates. it had ended after day of black sun can you fucking imagine oh my gosh <laughs> the audacity no. I lost of my mind if that was the last thing <laughs> wow but yeah. i could i could understand that maybe that was something like you know maybe there had been maybe it wasn't even about green lighting the first half of the season and then later the second half maybe i could see it getting like a full season green light but then maybe like they ran into not even production issues maybe it was just delays because like the production you know there's so much more fighting right. and there's so much more mm-hmm. so it's like oh maybe they just did that and then or maybe they did it all they had it in the vault and they decided to keep building up hype because i know you know it's like they kept gaining audience and i feel like it's not like today where like you could you know, if, if you missed an episode, you know, yeah. who knows when you were going to cycle back into getting to see that. So I could imagine, too, like, I know I used to get really mad at, like, Toonami and shit because they would show, like, Inuyasha or Yu Yu Hakusho and, like, they would get to a certain point and then they would show, like, five new episodes and then they'd start the entire show all over again. And then so it'd be, like, six months until you finally got new episodes again. And, like, I could see them doing that to just, like, keep building the hype and keep giving people chances to catch up and watch everything. Mm -hmm. Right. (sighs) But, like, shit. Like, that's annoying when, like, you're a fan in it. And, like, yeah, you just, like, want it to happen. And then to air them all, like, like every one new episode a day. (laughs) Yeah. This is pre-streaming site. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, for real! Hold on. I'm, like, looking real quick. So, like, they aired. So, Western Air Temple was on a Monday. Yeah. Then Fire Benny Masters Tuesday. The Boiling Rock Part One and Two was on Wednesday. Then Southern Raiders was on Thursday. The Ember Island Players was on Friday. And then <laughs> the last four episodes were Holy all shit. aired together on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember like that. I remember that. I remember because I was like, don't talk to me to my family. Yeah. <laughs> Every I remember day. I, I used to like go hide in the basement and watch cartoons. I remember I watched the last four episodes in our living room on the big TV. I was like, please don't talk to me. There's four episodes that I need to watch like yeah. right now. Like don't <sighs> even so look funny. at me. I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I feel like I might have had like work or something where I had to like record it and then go watch it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we used to have to record on our, our blank VHS tape, record the, <laughs> there's no DVR yet. <laughs> Yeah, record over like some Inuyasha uh, that you had previously taped and you cross out the name so you write the new thing. 
Yeah, for me, it was always like the like Toonami used to air like it was like Dot Hack Sign. Oh my it was, like, god! At four a.m. and like Dragon Ball oh, yeah. was I used like to super late, case and then in the morning, yeah, Case Closed was super late too. Ghost <laughs> in the Shell was super late, and then in the morning, it was like the like four kids. Like, all the Saturday morning cartoons was, like, the shitty One Piece dub and, like, Shaman King. and ugh. Iconic. Stop. <laughs> I just Googled it. I just Googled it, and apparently DVRs were made in 1999. Damn, son. I feel like, I don't know, nobody had them. No, though. I don't know. I don't know when they became mainstream. I just was like, yeah. when did that become a thing? And I you know, I just watched Netflix. It's, like, a shameless plug. It was really good, though. But Netflix just released a documentary about, it's called The Last Blockbuster, and it's uh-huh. about the, the very last blockbuster, like legally, like a, it's a franchise owned by a family that exists in Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because they talk about how like the company went out of business and it, it does, it talk you know, it, it talks about how like Netflix wasn't like the main reason, but it was a factor to that. And like, but then also so was like TiVo and like DVR. Yeah. And I was like, I forgot TiVo was a thing, but I remember that's like what everybody had, mm-hmm. but it was like a fun throwback of just because it's like, yeah, I remember going to like Hollywood video Same. and like renting shit. I remember going to Blockbuster. Yeah. I never got into the DVR thing. Like, I could never justify it to my parents. Yeah, my family never did. Like, if I missed it, I missed it type of deal. And that's, like, very weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, I got into touring oh my God, at, yes. like, a I very young her. age. So for me, wire. it was, like, yeah. <gasps> my first bootlegs were properly, like, Dragon Ball GT was just a rumor in the U.S., and I remember like getting like bootlegs from Chinatown. Um, oh my god! Of like badly subbed, fan subbed like anime, like Naruto and Dragon Ball and everything. And then like, oh. and then like, yeah, getting into torrenting and like, yeah. I never really torrented. I always would just like stream stuff. Yeah, I'm like oh. thinking back. No, for me it was like yeah. the my high school had an anime club, and like the president. That's how he got everything. Jen, you're stirring your tea. Oh shit! You're right. <laughs> and you were talking and stirring. <laughs> <I'm> some- Diabolical. <laughs> we're about to go yeah, into the sunken place. Yeah, the sunken place. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like telling all these kids. I'm just like pirate your stuff. No, it's it's just it's different now. It's different now. You know. It was like everybody would pirate constantly and then Netflix became a thing and you're like, wow, I don't need to pirate. Everything's in one place. And now everybody's like, yeah. Crunchyroll started illegally and then they they were like one of the few places. Yeah, Crunchyroll Uh was like a pirating site, like like an illegal Mm -hmm. streaming site. And then they went legit. They were like, oh, it's better to like actually turn this into a, a viable legal business. Right. And, like, it's better because then you're actually supporting the studios and stuff. Yeah. And like the, yeah. the people actually making it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's funny that now everybody's going back to pirating because people, like, companies are so greedy. No one's going to subscribe to 50 different streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it makes me sad. Anyway. All right. So, I think anyway. we, we pretty much, like, covered what we wanted to talk about this episode, right? I believe so. All right, so then what was our favorite, what was our MVP from this episode? Okay, I was torn between Katara for saving Aang's life and then Azula for taking the shot that she knew she had and killing Aang. Like, yeah, I kind of felt like an asshole because I was like, is my MVP really going to be Azula? I mean, my yeah. MVP was Azula because she really yeah. pulled it off this episode. Like, she had a flawlessly yeah. mm-hmm. executed hostile takeover. She completed her original mission yeah. Yeah. of bringing back Zuko and Iroh, but with a twist where she also sort of just flipped Zuko. He's not even her prisoner. He's, like, on her side. Yeah. He has this loyalty to her. It'll yeah. it'll earn her points with her friends because she knows that they kind of like him for some reason. She conquered mm-hmm. Bossing Se, something the Fire Nation has been trying to do for a hundred years. The Earth Kingdom 
has fallen. Prince yeah. Zuko is back. Like, she has killed the Avatar in the Avatar state, thus eliminating that threat, or at yeah. least delaying Team Avatar or doing them, like, you know, an impeding sort of blow, giving them a setback. Plus, we find out in the next time that she has a backup plan to protect herself just in case that doesn't work out for her. Like, she brought mm-hmm. it. She's... <laughs> yeah. She really shined this episode. <laughs> she did. She was flawless. That's a good point. I, yeah. I actually forgot that. I was so focused on, like, the series MVP, but not that it was any different. But I would agree. It's Azula. She's, like, yeah. iconic yeah. project manager who can just, like, get it done. And... <laughs> You know, the backup plays. I just like, I, she's very scary. And what was inspiring? Yeah. Just like that Dali person said. Terrifying and inspirational. Terrifying and inspirational. Yeah. Yes. Was that, was that unanimous for Azula then? Well, I, I gave it to Katara and put or Azula, LOL. It can't be Katara because of our 30 minute discussion on how she was going to use the water to heal Zuko. So you can't. (laughs) True. (laughs) What? Yeah, you, you know only what? put the LOL because you were scared, <laughs> Stephanie. And I was because I was scared too. But now we've, we've yes. all committed to it. <laughs> you know what? You got me. It's Zula. If I was going to choose someone not evil, it would have been Iroh, not Katara. I was thinking Iroh. If it, yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about the like whole Zutara bullshit. Like, I was only thinking about how the fact that she like held her own in the fight and like saved mm. Aang's life. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? You're right. She made really pretty stupid yes. moves in this episode. Yeah. So uh, it's Azula. Among the people. I feel like it's just like, obviously, like it shouldn't have to be qualified, but it's just like liking a villain doesn't mean you exactly. like know their actions. No. Like, da, 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 da. And she's a perfect, perfect villain. And you know what? Yeah. I'm going to say, since it's on topic, my favorite moment of the episode was also Azula. It was the Azula versus Long Fang thing. Confrontation. I literally, mm-hmm. I paused to yeah. take notes on that. And then I said out loud, how do I put into words how cool that was? Mm-hmm. Mm. Her just like, they're deciding still. Just like, oh my God, she's so cool. She was like, but I know. Yeah. And you know. And then she just sits down in the throne. Well, like. Yeah. <laughs> A true queen. Oh, man. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I think for me, I, I just, I always cop out. It's just like fight scenes or I'm just a sucker for a good fight scene. I mean, the whole fight sequence was amazing. Yeah. I also, again, I did really love Aang and Iroh's like little moment together. Yeah. That was mine. Like Iroh's mm. whole like, life can is like this dark tunnel. If you keep moving, you'll come yeah. to a brighter mm-hmm. place. That was a nice little, mm-hmm. it gets that better. Like, that's yeah. a good message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you're better off choosing happiness and love over like power. Right. And like exactly. perfection. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Abby, do you have a favorite moment? I don't think I had a favorite like moment necessarily. There's just a lot going on. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I'm ready to transition into season three now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yes. All right, then. So here's our, our season two kind of wrap up. S- similar types of questions. So let's start. Oh, what wait. Was- Hold on. Honor count. You forgot. He did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honor count. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, we yeah. can't skip it the one time he actually says it. Oh my god, we're at seven now? Wild. Yes. Amazing. Um, wild. Oh my god. Uh, Only had to wait episodes. Like a season and a half. I'm so numb to it. But we did get a great example of Zuko not having a plan. Um, yes. We got Sokka as kind of a punchline with his kind of dance with uh, Tylee. That was kind of funny. 
Yeah. Um, Zuko almost died. I, I feel like you could argue because Aang just, Aang was holding back. Like, fight me on that. <laughs> so we're like, All right. Okay. <laughs> You're just like, this isn't worth it. Fine. No. <laughs> Uh, All right, so what was everybody's favorite episode and least favorite episode of season two? I didn't even think about these questions. (laughs) I mean, least favorite is not easy, but I'm just like, I mean. I I think it's easier. We we like, I don't know, the swamp is kind of a mixed episode for people, but also it's not. Okay, I am stuck for favorite episode between Blind Bandit because Toph. And Appa's Lost yeah. Days because yeah. sad and hit on the heartstrings. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> some key storytelling, like very, very minimal dialogue. It's just watching Appa's progression. Yeah. And it was right. so sad. Um, so I like those for yeah. different mm-hmm. reasons. I know for sure my least favorite, without a doubt, is the Avatar State, the first I episode of the season. I don't even remember what happened in that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wait, was that when, like, that dumb <laughs> general? Yeah. That was with, like, yeah, he tried. He like fake killed okay. Katara. Okay. Yeah, none of y'all are saying Cave of Two Lovers. Oh, I'm man. like shocked. I mean, that one was really funny. I enjoyed watching that one a lot. I'm torn. There's so many good episodes this season. I loved the ending to City of Walls and Secrets. Also, we have to shit on the Avatar state because what a waste of having Daniel Day Kim on your show. Like, that's honestly, true. Like, yes. that's <laughs> oh just my god, offensive. what a fucking waste of an amazing Abs- actor. Oh my god. Of like the, the few Asian actors that like celebrity actors that we have on the show, and you wasted on that guy. I forget his name. General Fong. My least favorite is probably Avatar Day. Yeah. Oh my god, that one too. Oh, I, I hate, hate that one too. Okay. Except I like, love the community service mind. line. I mean, yeah. Like I, I feel like there were like really funny elements to that episode, but overall, I'm just kind of like, we don't need this. Like that's <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah. For that episode. I I'm honestly not sure about my favorite because I feel like this season is yeah. like very solid. Yeah. Um, and so many of them are really good. I feel like I looked forward to watching and enjoyed the Tales of Bossing say a lot. Mm. Um, and I'm always kind of a sucker for like day in the life, kind of like yeah. not plot mm-hmm. heavy, like, you know, kind of thing. Yes, so yeah. I liked seeing yeah, just that. like bottle episodes. They're nice. Yeah. It's, like, especially nice when you know they're actually fucking canon, too. Right, yeah. Like, I used to get so mad at shows that would have, like, filler. That was, like, mm-hmm. all of that. It was, like, all that nice character development, but then it was never actually canon. And so then they, like, never right. address it. And you're just like, fuck this. Yeah, no. You know, this one, it's, like, legit. And you get yeah. to see, you know, different character dynamics. And there were a few, like, gut punches in there. So I think that one was my favorite. I've yeah. identified my least favorite because I felt like I was so vehemently in hatred of that pregnant couple so it is the uh-huh. serpent's pass <laughs> it's like somebody has to say the serpent's pass it's a fucking waste of an episode <laughs> i was like i was torn by that because i was like even though i also hated the couple like the serpent's pass was good otherwise i liked their emotional conversations and stuff i feel like that's how they get you like for us it's just like oh yeah like avatar day was annoying but there were some really funny lines oh even the yeah. avatar state i mean i feel like the avatar state has no redeeming qualities actually but the Avatar State, one it's thing fun. that I liked about the Avatar State, and it's true that it was a very small moment and not worthy of redeeming the episode at all, but I liked that Aang's nightmare included him killing Zuko mm. because as we were talking about yeah. how 
Zuko to the minds of the gang, he's like the monster under the bed. He's the bit like you would think that if they had nightmares about Zuko, it would be about Zuko coming after them. And it spoke to Aang's character that yeah he had a nightmare about him hurting Zuko. Yeah. Also, Sokka had his That's hair weird. down in that episode, and that was. I, nice. feel, like- I feel like I just don't have. <laughs> yeah. Thirsting after teenage animated. I know. Gross. I just don't have enough emotions in general for the Avatar state to even consider it like a least favorite. Like, it's just like, it's there. We're like the Avatar day. I'm just like, why? Like, yeah. You like the rough rhinos, guys? <laughs> We're like, no. <laughs> we get to see them other times, so it's fine. They killed Jack's they parents. <laughs> They're bad guys. The, the Swamp was definitely an episode that, like, that was the episode I would say that I, like, remembered the most differently from what it ended up being mm-hmm. um but my favorite episode i think i'd have to like i feel like i keep mm. leaning towards bitter work mm. that's a good I, episode i feel like that was also like in terms of the even just the podcast like that was also like i feel like for us it hit yeah home a lot yeah because that we like talked a lot about like our own experiences like trying to learn new things and whatnot and i feel like mm-hmm that one like the both neither the a plot nor the b plot irritated me <laughs> like usually for me if i don't like something it's like zuko because i don't know i'm just like very indifferent to him <laughs> you are it's yeah so funny you know, bitter work was interesting because it was one of those episodes that i remembered as being mm-hmm. like boring don't care yeah and then i watched it and i, was I like, feel Damn. like what helps is that the a plot and the b plot are kind of like parallels to each other yeah yeah like what nicole was saying earlier about, yeah like, it's always nicer when they like thematically they like bleed into each other Mm-hmm. yeah I feel like it's hard to say like one of the later episodes could be like a favorite because it is like they start to get like so much more heavy and they're also related yeah. to each other too it's like you can't you need the context of having each other for them to all hit properly yeah and it's like it makes there's always like yeah there's always still like really funny moments in every episode but it's like yeah is it enough like, to you be could the look favorite at the entire second half just as like one large bossing say yeah, episode true, sort true. of you know yeah who would you say was your favorite character going into the season? And then is that different leaving or like the first half versus season? Half maybe mm. completely subjective. Like who was your favorite going in and who was your favorite going out? Not even like who do you think had the best development or anything? Like those could be like right. different. Well, like I remember when we talked about season one, I said my yeah. favorite character was Sokka. Yeah, he was in the background a lot this season. I felt. As much this time. He was a yeah, yeah. He was. I still really like him yeah. a lot, but I don't know if I would necessarily say he was like my favorite character in this season. Yeah, because it's like I know for me last season, like Aang was my favorite, but I think the character that like surprised me the most, who was I felt like was like the the season not MVP or whatever, but like who had like the most development that I thought was worth noting was Sokka. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like yeah, he was very much on like the back burner this season. Yeah, I liked Toph. To know. And I'm like, I mean, Toph is like the season MVP because oh, there's yeah. about a million times where it's like, thank God they added her to yeah, the team. Yeah, I'm just like, it's Toph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she saved everybody's lives so many times. Yeah, and with zero totally. thanks. Like what the yeah. fuck's up with that? Um, see, that's another reason why the Serpents passed Toph because Toph saved everybody multiple times without any All acknowledgement in the episode. drowning. Yeah. The disrespect. Right. Like, my default favorite character is always Aang. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, as, like, just a blind lover of Aang, I'm, like, <laughs> that, that's, like, not... I was, like, that's not a good enough answer. <laughs> Even, like, Appa, like, I mean, Appa, I'm, like, 
it's like mostly because you know he went through so much and it was just like Mm -hmm. but it's not really like character development I mean it is but I don't know yeah um I don't know about my favorite character I'm horrible at picking favorites but I would I honestly want to say that my MVP for the season is Azula (laughs) yeah that's probably fair like she drove the whole season in a sense and like she is such a good antagonist. Oh, that's something to like about about the first episode, though, is that Azula was introduced then. I forgot about that B-plot stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where I just feel like everything she says and does is completely iconic, and, like, yeah. you get a really good introduction to her, like, right at the beginning, and she just, like, follows through, and she is that character the whole time that, like, completely yeah. put together, knows exactly what to say She's so to good. get the result that she wants. Like, Yeah, that's so true, because it's, like, the, the, the season one villain, what's-his-face... Commander Jow. Jow. Oh my god, I forgot his name. <laughs> I was like, that's a bitch. But like, I feel like at a certain point, he almost, he became kind of a punchline totally. in the show where they, you know, they would troll on him a little it's bit. Like, I don't know why, but I thought you were supposed to be scarier than Zuko. Yeah, but like Azula was a constant, like legitimate yeah. threat the entire time. I don't know about my favorite character though. I mean, if we're talking about like going in and versus coming out, you know, I will say, I think going in, I was excited to see Zuko because I had this memory that this was a very important season for Zuko that he goes through all these like changes and he encounters all these situations that force him to start thinking about things differently but like I don't know coming out at the end I mean I I I, that all that stuff did still happen yeah it feels like it didn't mean as much as I thought it did, though. Mm. Like, he had his, like, crying on the mountain thing, and he, like, I don't even mean that in a mean way, even though it's, like, I feel like I always sound like I'm mocking him. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, he had his, like, desperado, like, he went off on his own, but, like, that didn't last very long. And then he had his, like, crying on a mountain thing that didn't last very long. And then he had his, like, okay, let's try to, like, positively accept reality, and that didn't last very long. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the payoff wasn't worth it. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's not even that, like, those things aren't important or anything, but it's yeah. just, like, I, cause I don't know, I they guess just, like, they happen. <laughs> it's all it's all just steps on his, like, whole path to redemption. But, yeah. and it's, like, not linear, so it does feel like at this point things aren't paying it's off. because it's always, like, yeah. one step forward, two steps back with Zuko. That's just, like, how progress in life is. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we said that another episode where it's like, every time he moves forward a little bit, he just like falls right back. Yeah. You know? I think that's it. I think it's more about like my per- my perception versus reality. I think I might be lying to myself when I say I don't know who my favorite character is. Because I think I just don't want to pick Zuko because I feel like it's like, <laughs> okay. I feel like it's really- spent 10 minutes shitting on him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but to be honest, like, I I remember in the first season, I said I was expecting it to be Zuko because he was my favorite character back in the day. But then I was surprised that it ended up being Sokka. But this time, I feel like I really, it's probably Zuko for me. But that's fair. I mean, again, as much as I was saying how those weren't really big moments, but then we also were saying that, like, that's, it's also just more realistic to actual Mm -hmm. growth and progress. Right. Is that like, and I think that was my perception versus reality going in where I felt like the way I remembered Zuko's arc being like kind of these bigger bombastic moments Mm -hmm. but then coming in it's just like no it was just a lot of these small things that like you might not even like link together if you don't sit and think about it as much as we do just by nature of having a podcast about it Mm -hmm. yeah that's true. yeah so it's just like it, it makes sense yeah and it's not like I hate Zuko. It's just, again, I'm just, just like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think his no. story is great. It's yeah. just like, 
she's not your favorite and that's fine yeah and it's like ang- again it, i feel like it's also it's like hard to even like articulate because it's like yeah zuko did have an arc it didn't like end well but he mm-hmm. had an arc right um and like this is like his mini arc you know this is this this show is three seasons we literally have a you know three act structure like mm-hmm. in the seasons and then we have that even in like the episodes and like right. the season arc and i feel like even i'm sitting here like ang's always my favorite character and then i'm like it's not that i'm like sitting here like oh ang didn't change or ang didn't have an arc this episode this season but i'm like it's just so it's not these like big pillar moments that right. like happen to these characters that you can easily like map it but it's like he's not the same person yeah i felt like angs was very subtle with larger moments though it was almost like zuko and ang were at opposite sides towards yeah. the center because when appa got stolen and kidnapped that was the lowest point we've seen him emotionally and mm-hmm. there i i feel like as like a first time quote unquote first time viewer of this is like when is he going to come out of it yeah. And it was right when Zuko was on that point where is this the path for me type yeah. of deal. It's just like, it was a little bit tougher because Aang just gets reunited with Appa and there's less of that kind of resolution of, of his pain and turmoil. Yeah. Because that was like a simple black and white way of solving it. Whereas Zuko's yeah. was a little bit more complex for various reasons. Yeah, no, that's right. super true. It was like Aang's arc was less about his own work on himself and it's more about like this big external thing that was fucking with him mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it's like then it was like Appa's back back to normal like exactly you know, kind of thing yeah yeah I feel like Aang's total arc and like the entire show is like a lot more subtle yeah so that's why a lot of people I feel like mm. I feel like that's one of the reasons I feel like Zuko's a better character because he has a much more like visible yeah an obvious arc where like Aang obviously has mm-hmm. one as well but his is like just very different like it's not the kind yeah of arc that i think people expect to see in a show right yeah there's like certain character tropes that exist and it's like i know like james bond and mary poppins are really good examples of characters that sort of like they don't really go through an arc in their Mm -hmm. story like they enter one way and they leave that same way and they kind of come in already like fully powered and like you know a little bit like not all knowing but they 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 go into it and i'm not saying ang is obviously but he has that feeling of like right. he, you know, he comes in. He's already like a master of of one element. He again, it's like we were saying, like he's used to things coming easy to him. Um, it's not, again, he does have more hangups, and he does go through an actual arc. So that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not quite that same trope, right? But it's like, yeah, it's like less of that because he's already he's like such like a mentally well rounded person, <laughs> like right. already. Yeah. I feel like isn't I mean I'm. This is obviously who we should talk about this like at the end of season three, but I feel like his whole arc is more coming into being the avatar. Yeah. Like, that's it. Um, and it's like important it's not that it's not like a good thing. Like I think it is a very good and well-developed character arc, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's like more subtle. Yeah. It's kind of like the check on your strong friends type of thing. Mm. Where it's like Aang's out here trying to solve everybody's problems because everyone's bringing literally all their problems to him. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's ever asking him. Aang, how are you feeling? It's always just yeah. like him constantly doing the work for everybody. Katara asks so. Aang how he's feeling. Yeah. yeah. Katara, I can't with Katara. Like, I I like her. <laughs> I, I mean, she got better through the series for me here. There's okay, a new good. target that I have, and this is the miscellaneous thing. Season two wrap up where I can't stand May. I find her infuriating. Okay. Um, I don't see any value with her at this point. 
so I think funny. she's on my shit list now that where Katara isn't. So I'll take it. All yeah, right, Katara's not the least like, favorite anymore. Yeah, yes. This yeah. is Abby's character on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever say I like Katara, like, but um, I know that That's she's fair. there for Aang in a yeah. way that she gets it. But like May right now, super one note. I understand she's more of like a comedic effort type of thing, but if I had to pick between the dangerous ladies, like between Tylee and May, I like Tylee one hundred percent. May, I'm sorry, not sorry, but you're not doing it. <laughs> uh, this makes me very excited for season three. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, did you say your favorite character for the season? I said that the MVP of the season is Toph, uh-huh. and that you know, if we're if we're and that going in, I was very excited about Zuko. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, I don't know. I don't know coming out. I mean, uh, I mean, all the stuff I said about Zuko still holds, and all the stuff I said about Toph still holds. Yeah. yeah. Azula was introduced really properly, and she's amazing, and I love her. So mm-hmm. there's that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> this was a cool ending for Iroh, this episode, mm. in terms of, like, the season. Like, mm. a cool season ending for Iroh. Yeah. It's Iroh versus Zuko kind of happened, and that was like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Right? That was, like, a big deal. That's true. You could uh-huh. argue that, like... This was his, like, redemption moment for Team Avatar, where now they're like, okay, you win in our book, kind of thing. Right. Like, this was Iroh very clearly, he chose their side. It's like, in the past, he's always just sort of stood there and not done anything Mm -hmm. while Zuko was attacking them. Mm. Yeah. And here, he actively was like, he he spent so long trying to give Zuko all these opportunities to sort of choose, you know, good. Mm -hmm. This sort of seemed like Zuko made his choice- and therefore Iroh made his. Mm. Almost. It was like, that's it. Zuko chose Fire Nation. I gotta fight him. Yeah. I have to actually stop him. So Man. weird. It was a very decisive sort of action that Iroh finally undertook this episode. Yeah. So. That's such a good point. We'll be keeping an eye out for that in book three. Because it's like, mm. he spent so much effort in this season to have him assess what he wants and treated him like the son that he lost right. and now to yeah see that i'm sure they'll dig into that a little bit more in the next season but it's a nice way to yeah. round that out yeah. here and r.i.p jasmine you know. dragon and obviously on the zuko went we did see that it seemed like the major thing that zuko was feeling unsettled about was the whole like went against iroh thing yeah. yeah i'm just like even if you were like temporarily like caught up in like azula's bullshit i feel like wouldn't it as soon as you like raise your fist to him and you see him willing to fight back. How does that sinking feeling of I fucked up like not just slam into you right away? I feel like it did. I, sort it of. has to. Like yeah, I wish they, point, I wish they like, showed it. Yeah. yeah, like he had this, he had this disquiet about him, yeah. which I like. Iroh yeah. just like looked away, and even when Azula was going around gloating like all happily, like we did it, Zuko, and Zuko's just like, I betrayed Uncle. He's just like, then why doesn't it feel like we won? He's just like, bitch, you made your choice. But Yeah. Um. He's like, I don't understand. Everything that you're saying, Azula, makes logical sense. You're right. I did everything right. He's like, but I still feel bad and I'm not sure why. Yeah. I think it has something to do with Uncle. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no one ever said character arcs t- were, were straightforward. Quick. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about Zuko. <laughs> <laughs> straightforward? Yeah. <sighs> you fucked up, Zuko. Yeah. You're done goofed. You're done, You're goofed. done goofed. Like, he always does. I'm just like, every- it blew up in his face. Like, everything, everything. always right. does. Everything. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right. Any final thoughts? 
No. No. I'm excited for season three. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that we don't have to wait a year. Yes. Yeah, we just get to watch it literally in a week. Hell yeah. (laughs) This has been Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Join us next week where we will enter the third and final season with book three, Fire, chapter one, The Awakening. If you haven't already, please leave a rating and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you all for listening and talk to you again soon. Bye.